Welcome to Indie Book Review, the show that takes you inside the indie and small press literary world. I'm Brandon Printup, and today we're talking about A Girl Return by Donatella Di Pietro Antonio. This novel is highly regarded, award-winning narrative about a young Italian girl who was adopted and returned to her birth family. This is Donatella's third novel, but it is her first to be translated into English, where it also won awards for its translation. Donatella herself was born and raised in Italy and has written other novels that have all been loved and highly regarded in Italy as well. In addition to writing wonderful Italian literature, she is also a dentist. Cool. First things first, I'm going to read the blurb of the book for you and then we'll talk shop. All right, let's get this work. Set against the stark, beautiful landscape of Abruzzo in central Italy, this is a compelling story about mothers and daughters, about responsibility, siblings, and caregiving. Without warning or explanation, an unnamed 13-year-old girl is sent away from the family she has thought of as hers to live with her birth family, a large chaotic assortment of individuals whom she has never met and who seem anything but welcoming. Thus begins a new life, one of struggle, tension, and conflict, especially between the young girl and her mother. But in her relationship with Adriana and Vincenzo, her newly acquired siblings, she will find the strength to start again and to build a new and enduring sense of self. Now, this story of adoption, I say adoption, but maybe it can be considered something else since everyone is related. Maybe a familial adoption, I guess. Something like that. Well, this story is on a different wave. This novel starts in Italy in 1975, which is long ago, but not too long ago, just to give you an idea of what's going on in the world and life. This story has a narrator, the young 13-year-old girl, being thrust back into the home of her birth family that she had no idea existed until shortly before all of her things were packed and she was driven into the mountains by her adoptive father to be dropped off with her birth family for good. Yo, like, what a traumatizing thing to have shoved on you at the age of 13. To add to the whole ordeal, the adoptive mother is sick and the narrator is worried about her health and well-being. And she believes that the parents are sending her away because her adoptive mother is dying and that they don't want her to know or they're trying to protect her from seeing it. So the poor girl is distraught every day, worrying about the mother and father that raised her while she's trying to adjust and find her place in the birth family that she has been left with. And in the fashion of good storytelling, the conflict with the new family is that they are nothing like the family that the 13-year-old female narrator has just left. Her adoptive family is pretty well off. They have a nice little college-style house that's not too far of a walk away from the beach. They have a club membership, like a neighborhood club where the families can go swim and play tennis and eat lunch in the dining hall, you know, fancy-schmancy club membership stuff and whatnot. And she actually competes in swimming competitions with her middle school best friend, Patricia, who lives in the neighborhood, and she takes ballet lessons as well. You know, she's the only child of these two parents, and they have invested time and love into her, her education, and her experience of culture and arts. And they've laid out the works and all the trimmings for their beloved little princess. But then the mother gets sick and the father drives our narrator into the mountains and literally dumps the girl onto the curb at the house with her stuff. The story is that the birth family wanted her back at 13 years old after not being a part of her life at all. And having never allowed the narrator to be told that they exist ever in her life, she has returned indefinitely and will stay with them permanently. The birth father is working class. He heads down to the factory every day to work but no one in the factory has been receiving their paychecks for some time because the payment has been delayed due to lack of funds. The mother of the family isn't working, and they have other children to care for as well. The siblings consist of Adriana, the sister of the narrator, 
who is maybe a year or so younger. She's a tough country girl who works hard to take care of the family together with the mother, and she roughly attends to the narrator, helping her adjust into her new life and learn the ropes. They spend a lot of time together sharing life and maturing as young women with each other, but they also get into scuffles, as you can expect, because the narrator has a hard time letting go of her life with a silver spoon, and Adriana has a hard time listening to all of that, knowing that they are biological sisters, and while she was sent off to paradise, Adriana had to stay in the trenches with the family. Next is Vincenzo, an 18-year-old young adult who still lives home with the family. He picks up odd jobs for neighbors and businesses and anyone else who is willing to pay him for his work. The father beats him a lot, which is absolutely not cool. But Vincenzo has left a bad taste in his parents' mouths because he often runs away to gallivant with the vagabonds of the circus in town. Vincenzo is not happy with his lot in the family and enjoys the company of his friends as anyone his age would. He wants freedom to explore and his friends give him the opportunity to do so. But his father's not having any of that. They need Vincenzo to help around the house and when the narrator comes to live with them, he gets squirrely and strange and tries to kindle up some romance and it's pretty cringeworthy because the narrator is young, fam. I mean, the sister Adriana still wets the bed, fam, on the regular, fam, like they're that young, fam. But the story takes care of itself and that's all I'll say about it. So don't get too hung up on that. In addition to those three kids are two other boys. One of them is named Sergio, and he is awful. Like a little gremlin who works with the other younger brother who is never really named to torment the girls and be rude every chance they get. There's also a baby in diapers that all the women of the house take turns caring for. All the children sleep in one room together that stinks of sweat and urine because Adriana wets the bed. Gross. It's madness, madness with standing room only because this family is living the hard knock life. As the story progresses, the narrator sends letters to the adoptive family begging them to take her back, but to no avail. But they do send money out to help, and they send a bunk bed as well, which is a game changer for the narrator because she can sleep in a dry bed for the most part. Her and Adriana continue to share a bed out of sisterly love from time to time. But like I mentioned earlier, the focus on mothers and daughters is a thing to think about, as well as sense of self. The adoption narrative is a big one, but this story hits different. Like, how do you cope with being uprooted from everything you know and love at such a young age, and on top of that, being told that the mother you thought birthed you is a lie? Like, it's all a lie. You actually belong to someone else who was living rough and tough, and now you have to go there too. I'd be distraught. Like, if I was 13, I don't know if I could do it either. But the way Donatella has a narrator develop her sense of self in regards to who she is in the middle of trying to define what family means is profound. I'm sure you can agree that family can be more than blood you share with certain people. There are some people who don't consider their blood relatives family at all. A lot of people share that belief entirely. So seeing a young Italian girl navigate that unfamiliar terrain while struggling to deal with maturing very quickly under the difficulty of her circumstances and to have to work through the new terrain with romantic relationships makes a pretty great story. I can absolutely understand why awards were given. Like, absolutely clearly. Interestingly enough, the English version is a translation, and having translated work means that there are some things like culture and intricacies in the meanings of certain words and phrases that ultimately won't make it over into the translation. But I absolutely stand behind the translator of this novel as much as I can because I definitely don't know Italian. But I do believe they did a phenomenal job at keeping the meaning in the words and the emotions that Donatella wanted to be felt in the scenes accurate. The pages read easily, and there's no trouble at all immersing into the story and the characters. In fact, the characterization is one of the finer points of the novel for me. 
The narrator's relationship with her sister Adriana and her brother Vincenzo is more than just learning to love family. Donatella gives both Adriana and Vincenzo interesting stories and shows their character without carelessly dumping background info in a way that helps you understand how they are affected by their situation and the differences they share with each other, their parents, their community, and the narrator all together. Donatella also does an amazing job with the story of the mothers that are involved in the lives of the narrator. Their stories aren't stagnant in any way, and they definitely grow and change just as much as the young girls do. Without giving anything away in the story, I think that the way that the narrator responds to learning more about the lives and choices of her mothers and the choices she makes in regards to her future and her relationships with her sister Adriana says a lot about the strength of women and young women as well. I appreciate stories of strength and understanding from tough life situations with women in the lead roles because the choices these children are faced with due to the choices that the adults around them are making are pretty serious. I mean, the adults are impactful. And 100% of the time throughout the story, the adults think they are acting in the best interest for the children because they believe the children don't know any better. And that's just not the case. So seeing how these young women grow and consider the world they are a part of and what that means for them based off of what they decide is a great story. Then you pair that with Donatella's high propensity for storytelling and a solid translation work. And you got yourself one heck of a story with a great twist that will surely keep you interested. So if you're not familiar with translation work, then this is a good one to check out, especially if you're interested in a storyline like this. It's not a typical one by any means, and I think it's well executed. Hopefully, Donatella will have more of her works translated into English and sold in the West in the near future. But until then, you can check out this novel and her website, which I will link in the description. Maybe with enough support and push, the small press powers that be will pick up more of our work and run with it. Until then, I'll keep you posted with more solid works of literature for you to vibe with. Straight like that. All right, fam. Make sure to follow me on social media at Brandon Printup. My links are in the description. And check out the written review of A Girl Return on my website at brandonprintup.com, where I provide more commentary on the literature, authors, and small presses that I introduce here. I also provide content about my own journey as a writer and editor living in Tokyo, Japan. If you or someone you know has a published independent or small press book, contact me at my email or on social media about a chance to have your work featured on the show. As always, show some love for Indie Book Review and the hardworking indie writers out there by leaving a review. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thanks for listening to Indie Book Review with me, Brandon Printup. Support your local artists. See you next week.